with Jay Carzi at EGX Res. Thanks very much for speaking to the Sound Architect today. It's great to finally meet you in person after the activity on Twitter that we keep seeing. I think it's amazing to meet people that you follow on Twitter in person. <laughs> it's quite a big situation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because like, like, I, I saw you at the Tiny Keats stand pick up my business card and I knew it was you straight away. Yeah. But that's only from your picture on Twitter and the fact that someone was holding my card <laughs> and looking at it. So, like... So you don't get that a lot with your sound designer. So. Yeah, it's great how we've got a good game audio community going on Twitter as well at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, hashtag game audio. That's why I was so, you have been brought here for your game, well, game that you're doing audio on Tiny Keats. So, tell us a bit more about the project and how you got involved. So, Tiny Keats is a, is a roguelike dungeon crawler and I got involved on the project uh, in January. Um, and it was a bit of a slow burner, really, because I met Fee um, last summer. Fee's the, the, the creator and the, and the programmer. Um, I met him last summer at a, a talk that the Chinese room did uh, in Manchester. So they did, they did a talk at somewhere called the Corner House, and I just happened to sit next to him, basically. <laughs> and we just and in, 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 basically he he lived in London and he just moved up to Manchester. Yeah. He didn't know anyone, but he moved up north because there's more indie developers. And then we just got talking, and basically he. Back then, I was proper like, oh, I want to do the sound, I want to do the sound. So I was like, oh, do you have a sound designer? And he was like, uh, no, but I'm going to probably do it myself. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And then we ended up doing um, game jams together. So oh, really cool. in Manchester, there's something called Manchester Game Jam. It's every month. And then they do the Ludum Dare as well every three or four months. The what, sorry? It's called the Ludum Dare. So it's like okay. a, a global game jam. You can either do it in teams or with one person. We're, I haven't done one of them with him yet. I've done the uh, the one day ones with him. Yeah. That's basically how it came about because we found that we work really well together. Because it's it's all good and well talking about it, but you actually go to a game jam. And, yeah. You know. So how do they kind of you know so you did it at a game jam? So as a sound designer, what happens at a game jam? What so are you this is the interesting thing yeah. with, with, with game jams <laughs> and sound designers, especially if it's a one day thing. So the, um, I've done a few now. Um, and it makes you so much better. Well, not better, but quicker at, at working. So after doing all these game jams now, I've become a lot more efficient in my audio editing and my choices. So before I did the game jams, I was very. It took me a long time to do do certain things. Yeah. Because if you spend too much time on anything, you know, it, it you could you could be tweaking something forever and never get anything out of it. But Definitely. what I've found is after doing game jams, I'm a lot better at deciding things and sticking to it. So um, so basically, yeah, we did a couple of game jams together, and then he happened to say um, because we worked so well. Um, Six months later, basically, um, he was like, oh, well, he sent me a build and he was like, T give me a critique on the sound. So I played the build and <laughs> it was, you know, was you, could tell, you could tell it was a dev that's never done sound before, it's did it right. himself. Um, so he asked me for the critique and I just emailed him a massive list of stuff because I thought, right, I'm just going to go to town. And I told him exactly um, Make him realize. What, what he needs or yeah. what he should change. And it was basically everything. <laughs> Um, so I sent him all that, but I just basically said what he would need and what would make it, you know, work. And then he was like, "That's amazing." So then he sent me a list of sounds to do uh, as a trial. I, mean, and I, did them. I did them, and then he happened to live quite near me, so I got a train, went to his house. We implemented it because it's quite difficult to play with these games. But I'll, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
because it's quite because it's procedural. It's not like your typical in a scene in UDK or Unity where you can see everything, you can't see anything. Right. So <laughs> it's a little bit challenging. Um, but yeah, so I did the sounds for him, and then he, he loved it, and then. Yeah, ever since then I've been I've been doing it, and it's it's, um, it's amazing, really. Especially when you're working on an indie project, because you have to do you get actually you actually get involved in the game design, which is a really big thing. Yeah, so, so, so the past, yeah, so the past yeah. three months I've learned so much just sitting with a programmer and watching him work. That'd be it's, ideal, wouldn't it? It's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Like it's absolutely incredible what I've learned in the past three months about game mechanics as well and how little tweaks can affect everything. Because as a sound designer, when you get into game audio, the majority of people don't really know anything about games so they come from like you know they want to be uh, a producer or a sound engineer at a studio yeah. or they want to be a, a sound designer for film which is what most people want to do yeah. sound recordist all that kind of thing whereas the game audio is just a completely different thing it's, it's world, really it? really important to understand fundamentally how a game is made and that's something I didn't have a year or two ago yeah. in fact a couple of years ago I didn't know anything actually <laughs> before I even did the course but it's really, really important to, to actually get to know game designers and just just do game jams. Game jams is like um, yeah, a few people have said game jams are a big thing yeah. to get to get into because obviously, like you say, it teaches you to be faster with the procedure. Really, honestly, and it like, teaches you just it's it's incredible. It's, it's, it's incredible how much I've how more efficient I've become at what I do from doing loads of game jams. Um, and it doesn't really matter if, if the end product's not that great, no. because it's a game jam, so, so it's all about learning from it. You know? When you first, so say a game jam, right? You know, I personally have never been to one. So what, you all go to the same place and you're there for eight hours or whatever, or you've got 24 hours in your own so place to usually, go team? So usually, well, the ones I've been to in Manchester, so you, you can have remote ones as well, you can yeah. do remotely, but I think it's always better when you sat with people because Definitely. the ones in Manchester are really good because there's like a group of people, but there's usually only maybe one or two audio guys. Yeah. Um, and usually, I've had to compose as well, where I'm not a composer, but I've had to compose for a couple of them. Yeah. Um, we, we did one that was stylized a little bit like Limbo. It was a cross between Brothers of Tale of Two Sons. Right. Limbo. Yeah. But it was like spiders, and it was like a big spider and a little spider. So I, I, I like, I did the, I did the kind of, oh, I use a lot of Reactor basically. So oh, I did nice. a lot of granular stuff. So it was kind of like, it kind of sounded a little bit like Limbo, but it was. Uh, it was it like I mean we might even take it further. That's the good yeah. thing about it as well because you, you brainstorm. And that's it, isn't it? Right. Game jams are kind of like they can spark ideas that then flourish into. I mean, there's been quite a few. I can't name off the top of my head. There's been quite a few games that started off as a game jam and they've gone. Actually, it's pretty good. This kind of work well, on it. I mean, more. there's some on the floor now. Yeah, and, and, and Tango Fiesta yeah, was yeah. a game jam, wasn't she? And the game jams that I've been to uh, from Manchester, so a couple of games have come from that, like yeah. the same guys. So um, you take your own equipment though, or do you? Yeah, so you just arrange a game I've got like a, a portable rig, if you will. So I've got like a, 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 a mini um, Akai MIDI controller, yeah. which, which I bring just in case I have to do music. Yeah. So I think it's the, it's the APK, I think. It's not the MPK, it's the bigger ones, it's a smaller one. It's something like that big. Yeah. I got it free with like another MIDI controller. <laughs> it was a deal on Digital Village or something. So I've got that, and I've got my little Zoom H2 as well. But I found that like it's not the best environment to record things no. with, uh, in a room full of devs. <laughs> so away, yeah, like, yeah. So like, it's usually, really quiet I usually go from my existing library that I've already recorded. Yeah. Or um, I've got Reactor, which is an amazing tool just for getting anything simple. Use Reactor loads. Yeah, yeah, so good. So I use that, um, and then I've got obviously everyone's got their own library of all their all their all their effects, like my own and actual libraries as well. Yeah. Which is a combination really of all them. Um, and then 
Um, what I've done in some game jams is I've done more than one game as well. But I found that like I've done a lot with Fee now, and I think once you're in a team, you kind of stick to that team. Yeah. So if we were to do another one again, which we're probably going to do a leading diary because they're really good because it gets exposure for what you're doing as well. Because you you put it up online and then people can just play it. So you just you just build it to Unity on like the web web player. Yeah. Or if you've done it in Flash or whatever you've done it, and, just have it and, and then everyone so can play it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, that's what. Um, so that's what's really good about it because you get feedback from other game devs and, other, and just other people as well but I haven't actually done one of them yet so the next time I probably will it's next because yeah. it's always been like because it's actually three days and it's over a weekend so it's kind of hard to you know if, if you're busy doing other stuff then you know it's a lot, a lot a long time and you have to basically just work constantly three days it's like crunching over three days for one game um, but it, it, it does it's really improved the way I work and my workflow anyway um, it's really helped with time to keep as well. For, for example, for doing this build that we've got, this demo, I've had to crunch last week. Um, and I wouldn't, <coughs> I work better under pressure anyway. Yeah. But if, if I think it, everyone if I, does, yeah, everyone needs that deadline I mean, to If, if I hadn't done the game jams, then I probably wouldn't have been as confident to leave it to yeah. I didn't leave it to the last minute as such, but you know, to, to, to know that I've got a lot to do, but actually. It's having the confidence out, to go, right, it's all right. I've not got a lot of time, but I know I can, put, I can do it. Yeah. Put it yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, which I, I think we've pulled it off. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it seems like right. people play, seems, yeah, yeah, well, like, yeah, I'm a play man. Like, yeah, uh, we're, we're getting some good feedback. Was, this is the first time we've had the public play it, really, because we've had other game devs Nervous? No, like, well, not really, because the feedback's great already. And, like, the feedback we've had from other devs has been great as well, so... Um, that's good. I mean, when people are playing a game and laughing, that's when you know you're doing something right. And when yeah. people, as long as it's meant to be funny. Yeah, oh god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, and then, and then if people are playing a, a game that's permadeath and, and picking it up again and again and again, yeah, yeah. and not and not just walking away after the first try, that's when you're doing something right. Yeah, it's quite frustrating. So so far so good. I think I think anyway, um, people seem to like it. So so um, give us a brief kind of overview of the interesting things you've done with the audio in Tiny Keep. So first of all, what used Unity, didn't you, to... So, yeah, so it's, it's in Unity. But, um, we've got Unity Pro, right. which comes with a few audio effects. Um, so you've got, like, the filters. Um, you used the built-in effects on Unity, did you? Uh, well, kind of. So I wanted, obviously, like every other game audio sound designer, you want to use middleware because yeah. you have full control of it and... It's just one of those things that makes your life easier and it make the game sound better. But Tiny Keeps come from a kickstarted, it's a kickstarted game yeah. from, with indie devs, small team. We don't have the budget for middleware, and I know now it's free for FMOD Studio and 200 sound files are wise. But this build alone is 350 audio files. Yeah, so that looks wise. So wise is out of the question. <laughs> For the time being, I mean, obviously in the future, if it does well, then yeah. we'll have the budget to do that. Um, and FMOD, I'd love to use FMOD. I've, I've, um, I've used it a couple of times, not commercially, but I've used it. Um, so I would love, and maybe the next one we can have a look at it. Um, but the new stuff in, in the new unit looks pretty good as well. Um, there's a lot of audio coming up in Unity It is, now, yeah. It? It's basically the stuff that we're missing. So basically what we've done is I wanted features of middleware um, that are pretty important because the thing is with this game is it's procedurally generated. 
which means that it's never the same. So whenever you play it, it's yeah. always different. So I kind of wanted to reflect that with the audio as well because so you, you don't want it to be really repetitive. No. You, you want it to kind of fit the art style and fit the style of game. So what I wanted from it was I sat down with him and we basically wrote our own ambient system, which is very similar to what you do in Wise with uh, random containers. So it's pretty, we've done something like that, but without the nice user interface. Yeah. So I'll give you an example of what, 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 what we've done for this environment. So we've done it that now, so now I, I will do another environment. We can use the same, same system. So it's like a, our own bespoke audio pipeline, basically. Yeah. So I've got like a bed for the background, which is just wind, which I made with like wind noise generators. Well, I basically made it with white noise. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's like, there was like a free SSL Halloween plugin ages ago. <laughs> that's actually quite good. Yeah. So I put it all through that as well. It sounds pretty nice. And then what we've got with that is we've just automated the volume like you would do in, in middleware. So it automates the volume um, with um, basically the variables you can do it between like maybe five seconds and 10 seconds, but it could be any random point between five and 10 seconds. So just, just like the way middleware works. Yeah. So that's what we've done with that. And then what I've done is, um, the way I've split it up with the ambience elements, so the kind of same thing you do in Wise, I've got highs, mids, and lows. So for the high stuff, which I've, I've recorded all this myself, so I just went into my kitchen, I just recorded all <laughs> the stuff, or whatever I could get my hands on that yeah. wouldn't be, because I wanted to make the ambience a little bit harrowing but the game's comical, so it's kind of yeah. like a juxtaposition of you're in a prison with people that are, you know, dying. <laughs> but the character models are quite cute, so I wanted to make that a little bit cuter. So yeah, kind of cute those kind of Yeah, so with the highs, mids and lows thing, so with the highs, there's like about three or four different ones that I've recorded, and there's maybe like between five and nine files of each one. Um, and then same with the mids and then the lows are like, so these are like, I literally recorded like door creaks in my house, um, drop things on the kitchen floor, um, little metallic things, anything I get my hands on really in the kitchen and then yeah. use whatever was um, was around, right? So I edited all that in Pro Tools, the little, little elements and then we whacked it into this. So you worked all in Pro Tools? Oh yeah, I, I use, yeah. Pro Tools is my wave editor, that's just what I use. It's just a tool at the end of the day. Yeah. The they day. do pretty much the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, they yeah. do, but I prefer Pro Tools because I've used it for yeah, ages. Yeah, I'm a Pro Tools man myself. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I, just, I just love the how fast it is with the key commands. That's the main thing. So user-friendly. Like, yeah, tab the transient, you're, you're away, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so basically, so we've done it the same as, as what you have in Wise with random containers, um, but then we've got it so, so say, for example, there's five or six different elements in the ambience. Yeah but only three might play at the same time because we don't yeah. want to overload the Unity engine because the audio Unity engine, sorry, the audio in Unity, it can, be, it can overload, we've got too many sounds, we've got a lot of sounds in it, so we didn't right. want, it, want it to happen really. So it, it'll, it'll, it'll choose one of them randomly and then it'll, it'll um, use variation for pitch, volume, yeah, and also the kind of filter as well. Yeah, yeah. so exactly what you, you do in middleware really. Um, and so, so we've got that running all the time. That's good. And then what, what, what I've done with the pitch, volume, and filter variation is I've got that across everything now as well. Right, okay. So this is across um, combat sounds, enemy sounds, um, ob like objects in the world as well, because everything, everything's got a sound. So um, with the objects in the world, it's kind of similar where it's a like container, so there might be nine or 10 files of like, for example, like 
wood moving, like tiny bits of wood moving. So if the player goes through the, the wood, this happens with enemies as well as if they touch yeah. it. Um, you just hear um, you just hear a couple of those samples triggered, and they're really small. They're like really, really small samples. Kill like, yeah, hardly anything. <laughs> but it, it, you know, like because I've done it for a few different materials, we we can we can basically. Um, Attach that to anything, any game object, which is yeah. great. So we can we can reuse stuff rather than doing things again, because that's um, it's always good to reuse things if you can. If it sounds good, then why not? You know? Yeah, definitely. Saves the work and it saves the memory usage as well, which is what we've done. Um, which is always the, the aim for the audio yeah. as well, isn't it? Yeah, minimum yeah. minimum memory usage. <laughs> yeah. So um, so that's the ambient system. So the only I mean the only problem that we have is because it's procedural is me having control over the mix yeah so it's it, it, it's a lot it must be difficult to mix when everything's going to be different every time it, it is but we've kind of even though it's different every time you can do the min max distance of the roll off as well pretty fine yeah. um and it's just about it's just tweaking because you can't go into the scene so we have to basically play the game like literally play it because it's procedural it's always different yeah and then t and then so it's basically they, debugging Exactly, yeah. well, for everything. So yeah. you have to constantly debug everything all the time Sounds rather than right. going to the scene and previewing the sounds. Well, with um, with the camera mode in the scene, you can't do that yeah. with what we've got. Um, but we've got a good system going now. Um, so that's the ambience. And then for the character sounds, we were going to get a voice actor, but um, I decided to do it myself because <laughs> I think one of the biggest tools as a sound designer you have is, is your voice. Yeah, which some people forget about, you know. And I thought, why not? So I tried it, and because at, at first we, because basically there's human mobs and there's um, skeleton mobs. In this demo we have anyway, there'll be more enemy types. Um, yeah. So with the human ones, um, I've done all the voices. Originally, the um, Fee, the creator, wanted um, Nordic style voices. Right. Um, and, and and we were going <coughs> to have a proper voice actor in, but we don't have the budget all the time. Yeah. Um, and you, you have to get anyone into the studio. And and and, and, and yeah, well, and the art style is quite British anyway. So someone with a Manchester accent doing human voices, it it kind of works for the game. So yeah. I, I've done all Adds that. That's the humor aspect. Yeah, it? yeah. So so we've done the same thing with that with the pitch variation, volume variation, filter variation. And then I've made sure that there's about at least five or six different um, audio files for one cue. So there's like alert sounds. So if, if the enemy sees it, there's an alert. All right, cool. So I've got like little like oi or little things <laughs> like that. But I've made sure that they're different words as well because what we found is if you give them all the same word, um, it doesn't phase because you've got the pitch variation, but it's a bit overwhelming when you've got yeah, they're all the same thing. 10 mobs yeah. going, oi. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I decided to do like about four or five different words for each thing. Um, so we've got it for alerts. And then if you run away, they scream. So I did like little little girly screams and like, and then and then, then one of the one of the, one of the other mobs as well. If they run away, they fart. So I just got my hand and you know, farted on my hand. And it, it kind of adds to the British humour of it really. It's, it's you know it's a very tongue-in-cheek game even yeah. though it's incredibly it's difficult. It's meant to be more fun than it's, it's meant serious. to be fun yeah I mean but I wanted it to be a complete contrast to the background which is you know yeah, the not fun yeah, yeah. Um, but it sets the scene um, as, as well as the music but then for the for the impact sounds as well so yeah um, there is eventually gonna be blood in the game but we couldn't implement blood into this because we didn't have time well we right. did have time but we didn't we wanted to get it right 
So I decided to add the squishy impact sounds now. So if you hit a, mo a human mob or, it, or you get hit, I recorded like blueberry squishing and tomatoes. <laughs> like my room That's was just covered. Bed, yeah. <laughs> my room was just covered in in juice. Like it wasn't pleasant, um, but it got a good sound. So That's what and I've, I, yeah, yeah, I've, I've got like a, yeah, I've got like a cover from a mic, so like a phone cover, so. I just washed Is that, that. Covered in juice now. Yeah, yeah. I washed it. I put it on the radio. It was fine. <laughs> as long as my mic doesn't get damaged, it's fine. But um, yeah, so I recorded all that kind of stuff as well, and then I laid it with like library sounds because I think with with impact sounds, it's hard to get the impact from your own recording sometimes. So yeah. what I like to do is layer your own stuff with library stuff. Like well, you want to make it as original as possible, but then sometimes course, you'll yeah. need the library stuff because yeah. you're just not going to be able to get because, that you know, sort of sound. Like, cause That's the, the idea of libraries. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, you, as long as you work in layers, yeah. and as long as, 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 long as it, it, you haven't just took it and literally thrown it in, yeah. and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Anyway, like, like, edited it and distorted it and twisted it so many different ways, it's nowhere near the original anymore anyway. Yeah, I mean, the, the way I work with, with layers anyway, you're not really going to be able to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Only if, if, if a sound designer plays it and they use the same library, there's they'll probably be able to tell. Yeah, exactly. Well, but it's very yeah. rare. Even the best sound designers will go, that's the same. Well, yeah, same but, same but even the best sound designers will appreciate how you've used library stuff. Exactly. So, um, like, from when I've sent my showreel out to other sound designers, they've appreciated that, you know, they, they know that we use library stuff, but it's the yeah. way you use it, you know, as long as you're not just getting getting the original sound ideas library and throwing it in like everyone uses, like you're hearing every TV show ever made. As yeah. long as you don't use that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. well, I need, but if you do, it's a layer. And it's, it's as long as it's it. with something, um, it doesn't matter. But if you're just, you're not really being a sound designer if you're just throwing sounds in. You're being like basically a track layer. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, you, 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 you've, got to, uh, you, you've got to make whatever you're doing bespoke to, to, to yeah. the game anyway. And, you know, there's so. no creativity in it. And that's what this is all no. about, being creative. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so have you had a good response from EGX Res so far? Everyone so far who's played Tiny Key? Yeah, well, yeah. the the best thing for me is people playing it and then repeating my voice. Yeah. Like, so, so like the sounds I know I've done with my voice, like the oys and the oohs and things like that, people are laughing and then saying it, and that's yeah. what you want, really. Isn't it? Oh, yeah, and I, I honestly did not respect, expect that at all, because like I didn't even expect to be doing the voices, but I think I've decided now that I'm going to do all of them. So Yeah, fantastic. I think it'll be good for me to do, and... Um, it's easier as well logistically for me to do them all. We might use a couple of, of, of like like big voice actors made for one boss or something. But I think I've I've, I've made a decision that I want to do. You got a budget for the voice actors? I know you're hoping we, we that they'll have, do it out. Yeah, we have, but we've got a, we've got one or two that uh, just really like the project. Yeah, and so they probably would do it for a reduced rate. Um, we we have got we have got a voice actor for the narration. Which oh is yeah. like a, she's really good actually. She's 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 not done many games, but she's she's local, so I can record her. Yeah. Um, either um, with my gear or, or in a studio, you know, it depends on the time really. Um, uh, so we've got her, but I have decided to do them all myself because it, because just because of the reception I've had from from what I've done today, well, yeah. for this build, everyone seems to like it, so I think, and I've, I've already, you know, I've seen I've seen all the enemy designs, and I've already, I've always had it in my head what I want to do, yeah. and I think, I probably wouldn't be happy if someone else did it, because I'll be like, well, it, it, you it'll probably take me longer to edit it as well, yeah. it'll take longer to process and edit, but now I've got, I've, I've got, um, 
I've got a couple of channel strips now that I made in Pro Tools for this. Yeah. So I can reuse them and then add different add different processes for like because we're gonna have arcs and different kinds of enemies. So I just want to make them really fun. Really, I think the main thing is to make it a bit comical and like it kind of adds to the AI as well if, if, with the voice acting and because I've got it's because it's so varied as well. It kind of because it's all about making AI look more intelligent and that kind of helps really. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so that, that's what I'm doing with that at the moment. Um, so this build that we have now is basically one of the first levels because we've got it, the, the progression is going to be it's permadeath. So obviously, once you die, you have to go back to the beginning. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Spelunky, but not really. Uh, so when you say permadeath, you mean like you go back to the beginning of each level, or you go back you go to the back beginning, to the beginning of the whole game? game. Wow. Yeah. So, so it's obviously quite a difficult genre to, to appease it people is, with. But people, <laughs> the reception we've got so far is, is really good. And I think the, the, the most important thing with that is to have like little Easter eggs and secrets. And because it's procedural, you, you might get it. As soon as you start a level, you might get a secret thing. Yeah. Or you might never see it. And that's yeah. what we want. We want that kind of thing where people are like, oh, right, so I got this weapon, or I got this, this um, NPC to help me, or, you know. And that you picked up this piece of of armor or whatever that will that will change the way you play it as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's what we've decided, um, but we're still keeping it a bit open. But it's definitely going to be different environments, different enemies, and we can we can either do a full on story or we can keep it as the roguelike yeah definitely permadeath thing. Which are, I mean, a lot of a lot of devs are doing that now because there is there is I think a it depends market how many levels it, so. you put in, doesn't it? It does because this is what I mean. It's all about the arrival, but now we've got the environment stuff down, like the ambience stuff, and yeah. then all the all all the all the scripts for the for the um, variations there. Most of the stuff for me now is, is just asset creation, really, because this is what we've been doing. We've been getting the system down the past three months, and now that it's there, all I need to do is the asset creation, and then obviously with bosses and stuff, I have to look at the animation stuff for that as well. But but the, we we've done the hard stuff, so now it's just the fun stuff really. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Sounds very positive. So obviously it's a demo at EJX Res at the moment for Tiny Keep. How long do you reckon until the release? Well, it's going to be on Steam in September. Okay. I don't. We haven't got an actual exact date, but it's definitely going to be September, probably towards the end. Of course, it's September. And then this hopefully year. Uh, the publisher is sorting out. Well, it's going to be Mac, uh, Mac PC and Linux. Fantastic. We're open to other platforms as well, so it's it's probably going to happen because we use Unity. It's pretty easy to port yeah. to other platforms. It's like, we just need to get the the control integration right, and then we can port to anything really. Fantastic. So, um, but but at the moment it's going to be it's definitely Mac, PC, and, and Linux 